Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen. It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 141, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game. Mr. Nine Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S O L A K. Ben, do you have the juice today? No, you ruined it. That's not cool. Well, I guess I guess actually it makes sense for you because it's a question that he asks. I don't really know how right. he's going to integrate it. Uh, Shield Kapadia, I think of the Athletic, it was who had a, a recent piece come out about Frank Reich, and Shield's always been been a big uh, Frank Reich fan, rightfully so. Reich was talking about his uh, experience and the people that he credits for his growth. And when talking about the Eagles and talking about Peterson, Shield grabbed some quotes. Uh, in one of those quotes, Shield mentions the fact that Reich used to walk into the meeting room every morning. Uh, he'd pop into the quarterback meetings at 6.30 a.m. daily, usually opening the door and shouting, what's up, guys? You got the juice today. And I'm here to let you know that the only person who lives in my house with me is Nugget. But when I open that door at 7 a.m. every morning and she's in the crate begging to get out, you know what I'm going to say? Like, what's up, Nugget? You got the juice today? She's going to be like, yeah, I'm ready to chew the table again. I'm like, okay. And then that's how it's going to go. But I, I feel like Frank and I would get along a lot because I feel like we're both very happy fellows. You guys should get an apartment together. That's that's how I'm viewing this thing. I miss, I do miss Frank. Reich was in charge of third downs and scripting yep. the Eagles' first 15 plays from scrimmage. Come back, <laughs> Frank. We need you. Look at how it directly impacted the Eagles the very next year. Like, we always wonder, right. what's Doug, what's Grow? Well, Reich was very influential on the first 15 plays. He leaves. 2018, the Eagles ranked 30th in EPA and can't score in the first quarter. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the first quarter has been a clear issue. I think third downs, they've stayed pretty good. Um, yeah. I think the people would say that they ran too much on third down, which, like, they're generally running a lot, as has kind of been covered uh, extensively this past week. But it's it's the scripting that sticks out to me. And it's like we've said before, you got six weeks to walk through all of the defensive film of your opponent, get an understanding of what they want to do when, figure out which of your concepts are going to fit best against that, build in the necessary checks, find the tells on the defense, give the quarterback the, the, the freedom to make the change needs to make line of scrimmage. You can't, one person can't do that. And you said six weeks, but it's six days. Yeah, right, I get six days. Doing. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one person you can't do that. No matter how you know, how late you stay in, in the building and how early you're back in the building, you know you gotta sleep and eat at some point. So you can't. One person can't do that. So it's it's you know what did Reich and Filippo bring? Well, it's tough to measure it outside of context. Within context, Peterson, Reich, and Filippo, the three of them together, had a system where they trusted each other. They were looking at things the same way. They were on the same page, and it led to a really cohesive offense. When Reich and DiFilippo left, the effort with the internal promotions was to keep cohesiveness, but they lost the brain trust. They lost clearly whatever, you know, it was. And without sitting there and watching Grow interact with Peterson versus Reich and Peterson, I can't tell you what it is. 
But whatever it was that had them being so prescient, had them being so effective, so smart at, at figuring out the game plan and what they were going to do in specific situations, they've lost it. And, 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 you know, even Ed Groh's best times, that's something the Eagles are still struggling with. So anyway, miss you, Frank. Hope you have the juice. Love you, buddy. Bye. So what we're going to be doing today, we're not we're not dissecting the coaching staff and the, and the offense. Well, we're the always Russian. dissecting the coaching staff, but that's that's a fact. But what we're doing today is the exact opposite, because we are going to be starting our weekly two part preview series. This time it's Philadelphia Eagles and the Chicago Bears. We'll be looking at the Bears offense against the Eagles defense. And buddy, let me tell you, I don't know if, well, it just dropped at three and we're recording at 3.30, but you should give the QB Sco show a listen. I'm honestly scared to. I mean, I thought I was going to be bad. I think Mark got got a pretty high for, give me for give standards. me the give me the the quote that you would stamp on the front of the of the pod give me the line give me the zinger i think one of the worst things i said with this is a this is a team of lions being led by a donkey and that donkey is mitch trubisky yeah that sounds about right that sounds that sounds like the the, the pot i'm expecting quote, it's all along that same vein it goes on for a solid 15 minutes between me and mark so make sure that you take a look at the qb sco show you'll know it by the title but look last week we talked about how inept the Bills offense was. This Bears offense is worse. Like, and and I think you've answered this before. I know my answer, but I want to make sure I hear yours. Mitch Trubisky or Josh Allen starting a franchise. I was just about to say their quarterback play is somehow much worse on the Bears. I, I 100% would go in on Josh Allen before I would Mitch Trubisky. You're the same, right? Yeah. And mm. twice on Sundays, which is like... <laughs> Man, yeah. that's not good. That's bad. Here's the thing. Yeah. Here's here's my main thing about Trubisky. Having not listened to the QB Sco show, but knowing Mark and how Mark experiences quarterbacks, this is what I guess I would guess his biggest issue is, and definitely my biggest issue is the dude just has clear. He's just he's just, he's panic embodied. He mm. just he does not understand what he's looking at. And he doesn't understand what what he doesn't understand about what he's looking at. Like, not only does he not know what he's doing, he just, like, he has no, like, like damage control. He's just panicked. He doesn't know where his checkdowns is. He's just a complete confidence and mental processing mess. And it's, like, a little sad. Very funny, but a little sad. Yeah, I think the the headline for the article for the QBSCO show that I just submitted to BLG, May He Forever Rain, right, right, was right. Uh, something something about shattered confidence and scattershot accuracy. Right. I mean, that's the best way I can explain like, Mitch Trubisky. Like, 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 bad accuracy is bad accuracy. We can't really fix it. It's going to limit you as a quarterback, but like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you can't even find the spot you're supposed to get the <laughs> ball to, right? right? And this circles me back to one of the big complaints that I have with this offense and how it's being treated nationally. You've seen uh, Brian Baldinger. You've seen uh, Sage Rosenfels. Baldinger, 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 whatever. You've seen Kurt Warner, right? Kurt Warner. Someone is smarter to me than me explain what the Chicago Bears are doing offensively. Is the scheme based off their young quarterback's limitations or is the scheme limiting the young QB? It's hard to not know when not in the meeting room. Uh, It's a struggle to watch. Sage Rosenfels replies, watched every snap this morning. Worst offensive scheme in the NFL. Brian Baldy. Uh, Chicago Bears, take your run playbook and rip it up. This is a nonsense run game. College option crap with tight end ceiling with the line of scrimmage with crap cut blocks. Pretend like Papa Bear Hallis is watching. I know the Hallis family, by the way, is watching and win the line of scrimmage. This run game will never win in the postseason, right? And Sage Rosenfels also had another tweet, um, which was 
it's just like, you know, he, he has a series of tweets where it's like third and four in the goal line and the Bears were empty with three tight ends. This is stupid. You know, like first and goal from the 10 and they're an empty and they run a jet sweep. This is done. This is a high school offense. This is a right. four passing concepts and unimaginative running concepts. This this is the most basic that you can get because there is zero trust in the quarterback. Right. It is I, I firmly believe two things. One, yeah. Nagy has lost his sense of moderation in the sense mm. that like everything has become a gimmick. Right. right yeah. In 2018, into the 2019 playoffs, there was, I think, a nice smattering of gimmickry that was effective. Right. But this is like a good answer to the whole like, why don't we just build the plane out of trick plays question that you get sometimes. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like you, you'll see people like don't really watch football and they see a flea flicker and they're like, why aren't you doing that every play? It's like, well, because it doesn't really work. Like you, it needs to be a change up because it's a gimmick. Right, it's not a way to consistently produce an offense. Maybe it could be at some point, but like right now, it's not. So Nagy's issue is to me clearly, emphatically, and I want to be very passionate about this. Not an issue of the scheme and the plays that he's designing. It's an issue of moderation. There's mm. such a clear, and nothing Nagy and, and Nagy's been good in the media, and the Bears media has lauded him, and that's fine. Nothing Nagy in the media could say, you know, out loud that would convince me that he has any trust in Trubisky. Just watch the plays he's calling. He doesn't want him to throw the ball. Right. He wants to either run it or run an RPO where there's no choice. Yeah. Right. And this the thing is like, there's like Trubisky just does not read the field. Nagy's not even going to give him like half field concept. You just don't trust him. Yeah. There's clearly to me in terms of how the plays are sequenced, what is used to try to get the ball down the field. You watch third down, right? Play action. We're trying to get a crosser. We're trying to get a hitch route. Like, you know, there's nothing else. We're trying to clear out with everybody else. How often do you see Trubisky into a second read? Never. It doesn't exist. Never. He has no Never. idea how to get there. So why ski it to him anyway, right? Exactly. So so you have, and I'm definitely blowing out the audio. And I'm sorry about that. But you have <laughs> a, a, a play caller who does not trust his quarterback. And accordingly, is doing everything he can to scrounge up free yardage with, yeah, like jet option, double tap, two back sets. What can I throw at this defense that they haven't seen before? But the problem is, for as long as I don't care about what your quarterback can do, I can survive any jet sweep you throw me. I'm going to put one safety back and Jim Schwartz said, I'm going to put nine guys in the box. Screw you, dude. Throw yeah. that many, however many bubble screens you can throw to Tariq Cohen. Eventually, I'm going to get two tackles in a row, and then it's third down. And you Mm -hmm. can't even have a quarterback who can get the ball beyond the sticks. So, number one, Nagy has fallen out of moderation, and and, and he is fully and and entirely entrenched in gimmickry. And I think that has a lot to do with those trust in his quarterback. So, if we're going to argue what's the problem, is it the play caller doesn't trust the quarterback, or the quarterback not good enough? Trubisky's the issue. He's limited, and Nagy's trying to work with with an incomplete set. So, that's number one. Then the, the second thing that I want to say very, very emphatically and clearly is that if there were a functional quarterback, nothing like this would be saying about this offense. Right. Even if they were running the exact same plays, which I would argue, you know, and you saw this with Chase Daniel, they ran more like West Coast concept with Chase Daniel yeah. than with Mitch Trubisky, which like, yep. this is not good news, people. But you saw, you saw with Chase Daniel, they're willing to run more, more West Coast concept. But like, even like the running game, Nagy's not doing anything that five other coaches in the league aren't doing he's running right. like single back power he's running like two back power with two running backs this, this, everybody's doing this are you kidding me you watch baltimore like what are we talking about you watch dallas when pollard was in this is what we, this is what we're doing we're stealing this is a, a high you said it's a high school offense yeah well we lose our freaking minds when andy Reid pulls something out of high school 
is you've got to evaluate these things in a vacuum. Yeah, it's bad that, high school. It's not hard <laughs> to say that that all oh, this scheme is, is a, a dumb high school scheme. You know, establish the line of scrimmage, get some double teams, let's go. When it's not working, but the problem is we're all thrilled about it when it does. So you've yeah. got to be able to take these things, you know, you've got to be able to, to call both ways. You don't get the cake and eat it too. It drives me nuts, right? <laughs> why are you Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> but no, because it drives me crazy when we decide that the good offensive systems are the ones that are working. They're, right, you, right. You, you know, what, like, how are you supposed to, to hire a, an offensive coordinator? Does the guy who's been successful, well, that's how the Jets ended up with Adam Gase because he was really good with Peyton for five freaking years or three, whatever it was in Denver. So, Yeah. <laughs> Nagy, it's like, you know, Nagy just needs to go, all right, we're just going to go out there. We're just going to run a base offense. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're like, I'm not, I'm not going to try to like do this and do that. I'm going to go down. I'm going to give you a spot. I'm going to give you a snag. I'm going to give you a Hank. I'm going to give you a Y cross throw it. It's a three level read. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. There's a West coast offense. You, you should be familiar with it by now. It's what he had in his first year uh, at Chicago before Nagy came in. So whatever. That's one. But then two, and this is, I think a lot to do with the running game. It's a lot to do with the jets and the boundary style stuff. You cannot say that, like, this is bad design. It's objectively good design. He's getting really good athletes in space with blockers and with numbers advantages. That is offensive scheming 101. Get the ball to your playmakers in space with numbers. And he yep. does that. And that's what worries me the most about this game. But, yeah, go Right, ahead. and he does that. So you cannot take that away from him because he's playing with a deck that's missing all the clubs. Hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's with a short set here. You got Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. Then you throw on the fact that the offensive line is playing poorly. You throw on the fact that I think that that Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel are are miscast in what their quarterback can do. So now you have a personnel disparity in terms of the good throws Trubisky makes versus the good routes that they run. You know, you've got other issues outside of the quarterback as well. I just think that that you know, do I think Nagy should have been coach of the year? No, in 2018, I don't. But I don't think he's the, the way he's being generally, you know, conceived of is like, what happened to this offense? Defense is wisened up and Trubisky didn't improve. That's what happened. The only way I see them having any success <laughs> is if the, that was quite the rant, uh, is if the Eagles just don't tackle. And that's that's something that's been a problem for me. And, and don't get me wrong. Tariq Cohen, Cordero Patterson, Allen Robinson, right? They get schemed some stuff and the Eagles as a team haven't tackled well this year. So there's that element. But I'm talking like manufactured touches, like the one you were talking about, like at or around the line of scrimmage. Those guys, I fear in those situations, especially Patterson and Cohen, of course. That's what I fear. It's not the quarterback. Hell, give me 10 shots to the intermediate and deep areas of the field from Trubisky. That's 10 Frick opportunities yeah, for the defense to create a game-changing turnover and put their offense in an immediate position to score on a sudden change. With good field position, you're talking about an offense that, brother, 2.3 yards under the sticks on average per next-gen stats for Mitchell Trubisky. That's got to be one of the worst numbers in the league, yeah? It is, yeah. Like bottom he's like, three he's or four. He's like bottom five, I think, yeah. I yeah. looked at it earlier, but I didn't write it down. He's 30th in 30, uh, out of 35 in QB rating for passes over 20 yards. He has eight completions all year over 20 yards on 23 attempts with zero drops. What? He can't even make the gimme throws. Like, even when something is schemed up nice to get somebody wide open, he misses those throws, and he misses them bad. I mean, I've put together two full reels of Mitchell Trubisky that I'm calling the Mitch Tape, Volume 1, Volume 2. I have them up on Twitter. The Mitch Tape. I'm furious. I'd like to make that very clear. You can continue. <laughs> over, over a full minute of, like, really quick clips of just bad throws from two different games. It was so easy to make... That highlight reel, I had to leave plays out. I had to leave bad decisions out. 
And 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 like you said, it's it's so clear from the play calling that Nagy doesn't trust him. And just the fact that he takes the ball out of his hands in, in very obvious situations where you get two shots at the end zone at the end of the half against the Chargers, you decide to run once and spike, and you barely you barely get it off because you had no timeouts. There's one second right. left. <laughs> what? I, and I will what say, right, and I will say, like, for the defense that I made of Nagy, the red zone has been less than great. But the thing about, like, gimmicks is a little harder, to, you know, like a, a spacing offense. We talk about this all the time from an Eagles defense perspective. A spacing mm-hmm. offense struggles in the red zone. Why? Because you lose space. There's an end line now that I don't have to worry about you getting behind me on, right? And so the area of the field compresses. That's what you need to be able to make tight throws that's sort of you need like eagle styles of receivers right these bigger bodies Allen robinson i think it's the saints right you know you, you had that bigger frame um but yeah trubisky's trubisky wants to work flat slant and hitch right mm-hmm. we want every like, the amount of throws congested from like the six to four yard down the field range is unbelievable and he certainly and i brought up the 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 jet uh the, the jet motions and the bubble screens and the touch screens and you know little uh shovel passes and whatever and all that stuff happens behind the line of scrimmage but really it's when he's in shotgun it, they want to go one step read leverage pre-snap and throw slant flat hitch that's mm-hmm. what our passing game is right now which is oh, like it, it it's really it, it's very very limited who are you out who are you out scheming with your passing right game? and this is why i talk about anthony miller and taylor gabriel being miscast like if you're getting eight yards off philadelphia then yeah i mean miller and gabriel can snap through that route real pretty and you know uh release into space potentially be at an angle but if you're mm. getting what the bears typically do which is guys up on the line there's no fear Right. I mean, then you need a, a bigger body to be able to win in those situations, right? Because it's tough to release off of that off of that press coverage. You need Devin Funches-type right. sized guys. I mean, I wish they would use Cordero Patterson more in this situation because Patterson's a big body. People forget that he's like 215 or whatever. But, yeah. so this is the, right, so this is this is how we're going to we're gonna approach it. And really what it begins with is it begins with the running game, right? The, the Bears love to be under gun. And I think that it, it narratively gives Trubisky a better ability to read the field and, you know, whether or not that actually has an impact on how well he plays when <laughs> we don't really know um but you know they want him to be in the gun and they want him to be able to, to read leverage and make throws against it what that means is you have a ton of split back looks uh the and they'll, like i said they'll bring in two backs Tariq cohen and then for the first time in in the year david montgomery rookie out of iowa state out snapped Tariq cohen this is a big deal uh, through the year, it had been relatively even splits. Uh, there have been a couple games where Montgomery was a little bit ahead of Cohen in terms of snaps, but this past game, um, Montgomery took sixty percent or took sixty snaps. Cohen took seventeen. That's seventy three percent and then twenty one percent respectively. Yeah. They also incorporated Mike Davis a lot more than they have been in previous weeks as well. He got eleven snaps. So tw- uh, twenty personnel, twenty one personnel. What does this do? It allows us to add multiple backs into the backfield. Then we incorporate jet motion from Taylor Gabriel. We've got one guy moving this way, two guys moving that way. We got a mesh point. We got a read. There's so many things that you have to be able to process as a linebacker. Nigel Brown is not practiced. Nate Gary is going to see 100% of the snaps for the third week in a row. If there's any, like, Nate Gary cannot handle backfield dressing, right? And so the big concern for Philadelphia, I can't believe I'm saying this, the big concern for Philadelphia is not the corners because they're not <laughs> going to get tested. That's true. They're not. That's true. Trubisky, yeah. they're not gonna they're not gonna go out there and be like Trubisky, you know, uh five-step drop off under center play action, throw the deep post. They can't do it. They don't have the pass protection and they don't trust Trubisky to read the safety and place the ball. 
So it's going to be manipulating those linebackers. I go back to the first drive Atlanta ran against Philadelphia. This opening script for Atlanta was so much fun. Not really because they moved the ball down the field really well, but it was so much fun from an X's and O perspective because they, in 12 different ways, they screwed with your linebackers. And they also threw alert screens and alert flats off of the off coverage that they were getting Philadelphia. Uh, Chicago would do that as well. But there was the pop pass to Austin Hooper and there was the shovel pass to Devonta Freeman and there was, you know, uh, a fake screen, screen to the backside. And there was just everything to get your linebackers looking here, take one step that way and we're gonna throw it right behind them. That's the big fear for Philadelphia in this game. You're going to get split back looks. You're going to get read option looks. You're going to get a ton of RPOs. And they're going to make Nate Gary and Kamu Grugier Hill wrong. And I said, like, Nigel Bradham is injured. and That's a big deal. Bradham's also not great in these situations, right? Yeah. So they're really going to be looking to attack those linebackers. Philadelphia's response is going to be Anderson Dejo, Malcolm Jenkins in the box, and then trying to match uh, tight receivers and tight ends who are up against the formation in man coverage. And that's the way you're going to want to try to do it is, is run man coverage against these guys, follow them, and then be able to run a fill with your front guys. That's where the potential health of Timmy Jernigan is interesting to me because the strength of this Bears offensive line, in my opinion, is Cody Whitehair. It would be nice to be able to put two actual starters opposite him and not just Fletcher Cox plus his buddy, right? So, yeah. you know, uh, Timmy Jernigan added being helps, I think, a lot with that interior running game. Like I said, the Bears run a lot of, even from the gun, they run single back power, they run counter, they have double teams, they have pullers. I don't know why anybody would say that they don't. You're going to struggle against that if you have to put your guys in man coverage and track these slants hitches and flats all across the field because you're worried about the rpo game you're going to lose numbers in the box and you know we don't want to do that but they're going to lose numbers in the box you do need strong play from your defensive line to be able to withstand that offensive approach i have a follow-up question to that when we come back from break here on the kisten solak show we'll be back with more right after this hi we're visible we're the wireless company with nothing to hide seriously hidden fees we don't have them annual contracts not our thing Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right, $25 a month every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com. Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics. But now with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts.
And we are back here on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 141. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. This is all brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. Ben, to follow up on your, on your thoughts on, you know, your, your concern with the linebackers, I think we know that Nate Gary is going to get a lion's share of the snap. Somehow, some way. It's a bad lion, let me tell you that. <laughs> Even though we gave him some credit on the film review show for just, like, being where he was supposed to be in pass coverage a few times. Still, I mean, this this is a guy for that game. PFF ranked them 14th out of 14 players on the Eagles. It's just, just bad. So it's not just us. PFF sees it too. You know, they got their eye test. We have yeah. our eye test. I will we... say, like, you know, generally am I fully on it with PFF? No. In this one case, absolutely. I've always thought PFF right. is exactly correct in all their evaluations. And, and in this case, I mean, a player that graded really well, and I thought when I watched the tape, and a guy that we've talked about before that impressed us in limited action, while maybe being limited in coverage, I don't think you have to necessarily worry about it in this game unless you get him on Cohen, TJ Edwards, and then you also, of course, have Camus Hill. My, But why not switch, flip the snaps between Camus Hill? I appreciate the use of multiple verbs to make it clearer. Hard is this? How hard is this? How can you not see Camus just demonstrably, objectively, a better player than Nate Gary and less of a liability? How hard is it to see that TJ Edwards, as a UDFA, is a smarter player than Nate Gary? I'm, I don't know if I'm all the way willing to say that TJ Edwards is a better player than Nate I said Gary. smarter. Yeah, I know you said smarter. You saved that, which is impressive. Why not just flip? The, why not just flip? At least flip Camus and, and Nate. Somebody, like, somebody on. loves Gary, right? It's probably oh, unbelievable. What freaking linebacker coaches, man? What are you doing? What are the positional coaches on this team doing other than Jeff Stoutland and Justin Peel? Honest. Dude, Justin Peel. Shout out Justin what Peel. What a stud. With my favorite stud. positional coach in <laughs> positional availability ever because he had no interest in answering any questions and it was absolutely hilarious. Anyway. Right, so so yeah, my concern is the linebackers, and obviously we don't like the way the linebacker snaps have been distributed. No two ways about that. Now, what's the good news? If they feed Montgomery again, which David Montgomery which had 32, 27, he had 27 carries for 135 yards and a touchdown. If they feed Montgomery again, Montgomery does not have great long speed. He is not fast. Mm. He is yep. annoying AF to tackle because he's shaped like a triangle. He's but, a bowling ball. Yeah. But he is uh, he does not have long speed. So even if you're losing in a ground and pound style of a game, which Philadelphia generally does not do and does not want to do, he's not going to be Dalvin cooking you. He's not going to be ripping off explosive runs. And, 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 and you know, uh, a lot of the runs that, that he had were just... He's winning in a, in a phone booth. Tight, he handles the business tight quarters. So you have that to your advantage. Secondly, defensive line versus offensive line is not going to be pretty for Chicago. What a matchup this is for the Eagles line. Wow. There is one player on this offensive line who I would describe myself as trusting in pass protection. And again, that's Cody Whitehair. Whitehair? Up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Whitehair was a, a, a second round pick in 2016 for Kansas State. I think it was 16. Um, yeah. I was like, I think I'm pretty sure because I like, kind of remember talking about him and that's Me when too. I started on Twitter. But anyway. Out of Kansas State, he's developed nicely for them. He's bumped over to guards. They put James Daniels at center. Now, James Daniels out of Iowa was a good center prospect. Mm. His rookie year, I thought he played decent ball for a rookie. I do not know what happened. Mm. But Daniels cannot maintain blocks. He can get to where he's supposed to be, first level and second level. He has the foot quickness to uh, to contact you where he should on the arc in pass protection. 
But his grip strength is bad. His punch timing is bad. His balance is bad. He doesn't yeah. have good upper body strength. Which, like, these were his weaknesses, but they were not debilitating when he came out of Iowa, and I thought, in his rookie year. In in, in situations in which Fletch gets over the center, which are rare, he's going to kill this kid. It's not going to be pretty. Hmm. If you get Jernigan healthy, Jernigan's going to beat this kid up. Jernigan's best rush is the power rush, and this is where Daniels really, really struggles. And then next to him, you have potentially <laughs> Rashad Coward. Defensive tackle convert making his, what, second or third start? His last name <laughs> is Coward. You're already up against it. He's a nose tackle. <laughs> He's playing right guard. It was like when Tim Settle almost had to start for Washington last year. They're starting a defensive lineman in the interior offensive line against Fletcher Cox. I just want to make that very clear. Are you concerned about this, this matchup? This is a nightmare scenario for Chicago. And Fletch looked healthy last week. Right. It's not like Fletch, like, beginning of the year. Whew. If you like, if you ask a defensive coach, any defensive coach, not just Schwartz, if you just ask a defensive coach in the vacuum, like, hey, you know, the best way to screw with, like, an RPO offense, what would it be? And it would be, well, like, in an ideal world, we're just going to blow up the mesh point on every single play. Like, while the quarterback is reading at the mesh, ideally we have a body on the mesh point. So he panics. So you have potential bad exchanges so that he gives the ball, uh, you know, before he can really process. Or he pulls the ball because he's trying to avoid the rush and he doesn't really process. And we just kill the decision, right? Because then we protect the rest of our players by just forcing the issue. You're, I mean, they'll run pretty slow meshes in Chicago. I mean, if Fletch is winning immediately off the snap versus, you know, Jay Ratliff, whatever, you know, like 330-pound right guard, <laughs> he's going to be directly in the backfield at the mesh point. And you're right. not going to be able to execute any anything yeah. option concept. Run, pass, 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 run, run, whatever option it is, if you have a body directly on the mesh point. Because even if you don't make the tackle, you're forcing a give or you're forcing a a, a, a keep when that may not be what the defense is showing you in the second level. And so your, number your timing is already right. disrupted with your blocking and everything else attached right. to it. Yeah. Yeah, number one. Number two, given what we saw with the amount of usage in David Montgomery, the mm. Bears want to try to run the football now. Famously against the Saints, they had 54 passes to seven runs, which, like, someone should be fired for making me watch Mitchell Trubisky throw 54 passes. But now trying to be more of a running team, trying to keep the game under control, trying to not ask Trubisky to do so much, well, you're not going to be able to run the ball behind the right half of your line. Right, so... You don't have to worry about it. Right. So now all of a sudden, like, you know, you, 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 all right, let's, let's go downfield with Montgomery. Let's go downhill with Montgomery, downhill with Montgomery. It's third and seven. Mm-hmm. What you got? Now Trubisky's going to make a throw. Right. And, 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 and so, right. So it circles back to, I think, your big point, which is if the secondary is going to muck about and miss tackles, we got an issue. But if you're limiting Yak, Chicago Bears defense should score about 15 points on you. Chicago's offense, excuse me, should score about 15 points on you. That's a, that's assuming they make all of the kicks, which has been an issue for them. <laughs> this is a good point. Third phase <laughs> of the game, brother. Third phase. Third preview show this week. Of the game. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's go to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Wow, that was a cool edit on your voice you did there. Eagles are five-point favorites. The over-under is 42. Of course, you know, some injuries may impact this, and we'll have you uh, covered on that later on in the week. Well, actually, we're – yeah. We're recording tomorrow, so we're going to have the Thursday injury report that we'll be working off of. But right now, we'll assume the people expected to play are going to play. So five-point favorites for the Eagles in Chicago, which is that's a that's a healthy that's a healthy line. Let's put the score at let's say that the Eagles cover, and it's exactly at 42. That's 24 to 18, 18 points over under for the Bears. I am immediately 
immediately smashing the under. Okay. I'm no hesitation. Gonna... Oh, well, I'll probably take the over. This is the Eagles defense we're talking about here. Oh, Bills only scored 13 points. Which one do you think is the better offense? Which one do you think is a better quarterback? You dialing up 30 mile per hour wins in Philly on Sunday? Mitchell Trubisky is Josh Allen with 38 mile an hour wins. If you oh, listen, I'm just gonna I'm gonna send you a screenshot in you know second quarter nine minutes left of Allen Robinson turning up field, Sidney Jones eating turf after he missed the tackle on a hitch that's about to go for 80 yards. That's all I'm saying is like I hear you. Yeah. And we told you know we just disparaged the bill. Actually, I defended it a little bit, but we just talked about the issues with the Bears' offense for about 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. I have no reason to trust the Eagles' defense. Still don't. You know, we agree that the performance against the Bills wasn't even that great to begin with, even though there were only 13 points that were given up. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Even in the event that the Eagles quickly jump out to a lead, unlikely, and in the event that, like, the Bears pitch a complete shutout in the first half, mm. you know, like, they they throw, you know, they get three points on the board Grindr for, for, yeah. for Chicago. Do we not think, like, I don't know, to me, even if the Eagles have them in a blowout situation, which mm-hmm. is unlikely, if I'm naggy, I'm doing what I did against New Orleans, which is I'm pretending the game is in reach. I'm doing anything I can to get Trubisky's confidence back up, which means I'm throwing the ball around the yard with eight minutes left in a 24-point game. Hmm. And I think they run the score up accordingly. So I really do think that, you know, against this Eagles, like if if I wanted a, a game in which I could open up Trubisky and I could get his downfield passing game a little more life in it, right? Let's not forget what the Bears did on the last drive against Philadelphia. It took Nagy about four quarters to figure out what to do, but once he figured it out, right, it was isolation routes to the Avante Maddox versus Allen Robinson side, right? Mm -hmm. This is a game where I would be trying to get my young quarterback in his groove a little bit, you know, get the butt cheeks in the seat and let's go. Uh, And so I think that, you know, of all the issues that we talked about, I think they're going to be more willing to push the ball down the field and be more willing to throw three-step drops intermediate breaking outside routes and even when those don't work in the average in general a few will because robinson's a good player and the eagles corners aren't and when that happens i think they're going to be able to move the ball and score points in that way so i don't expect a 24 point output but on 18 yeah i'll take the over okay so what if the eagles score 24 are you taking the under on 18 like if it's not that that type of boat race type deal, or right? Sure. To play yeah, I mean, like up. I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles win. And when I looked at the line, it was minus five, and I was like, yeah, I'd probably still take Philly on that. I think that the what we're looking at there is, you know, that's probably a time of possession thing where like Philadelphia's going to run the ball as best they can against this defense, and then now you're limiting the number of drives that the Bears get. So I mean, if it's under if it's under eighteen, I won't be shocked. You and yeah. I do not think this is a good offense. Mm. I'm just saying. I think there's a strong case to be made for the over, given the circumstances of Trubisky's development, the struggles with the Eagles offense, the the unique weather of last week's game. I I would not be, I'm not as as smashing on the under as you are. And I'll take the over just to take the contrarian view. I like that. I like that. And and I want to make it clear that this, this under, and also this, like I said about the Bills game, this is not confidence that's, that's indicative, you know, of how I feel about the Eagles. All All of a sudden things are fixed. It's this is a this is a referendum, and it was a referendum on the Bills offense, and it's a referendum on the Bears offense. And I think you're right. The only way that the Bills, or excuse me, the Bears, the Aldi Bills offense, right? The only way that the Bears get up there is 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 garbage time. Anything can happen. Coral Patterson could take a kickoff return for a touchdown. That was that, that happened to the Eagles earlier this year. That could very well happen. I'm more worried about that than I am this offense. I'm more worried about Tariq Cohen getting in the open field, making a couple guys miss and going to the house. I'm more worried about, like you said, Allen Robinson making a guy, making one guy whiff, 
when they got cover zero blitz and there is no one there to save them. So, yeah, I mean, those are real concerns. Even if the even if the Eagles do hold them under in this game, I am still deeply concerned about the Seahawks and about the Patriots. Those are the real tests. If this Listen, is a, if this is a tough game, I am I'm worried. Yeah, if they make Trubisky look good, you and I are not going to be able to show our faces on the internet for two weeks. <laughs> but it's beat the Bears, go yep. to five and four. Twenty three percent is the leverage for Philadelphia in terms of likely to make the playoffs via the the. Uh, the Burke ESPN projections, I don't really know if they have an official name or not, but the ones Brian Burke always puts out, uh, 23% is the biggest of any NFC team. So win this, go to 5-4, and four, go into the bye, get healthy. Come back, win your... Win one of two as Seahawks Patriots. Right, it's win your four, win, win your three remaining divisional games against the non-Cowboys, seven and, uh, eight and four, beat the Dolphins, nine and, nine four. and four, and then you have home versus Patriots, home versus Seahawks, home versus Dallas. Win at least one of the three, hopefully the Dallas one. Go to 10 and 6. If you win the Dallas one, you have the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. I don't know. You'd be 1 and 1, and then they'd both be 4 and 2. Whatever. The, the, the point is, there is yes. a there is a path to 10 wins, possibly 11, if you, can, if you can get right. But if you can't, if you drop this to the Bears, if you drop this game to the Bears, you are now 4 and 5. By the way, you just lost to the stinking Bears. Which is embarrassing. Right, which is even worse. How do you have faith that that team could beat a Patriots team, a Seahawks team? I don't care if they're at home. I would bet on a three-game losing. If they lose this game, I would bet on a three-game losing skit. Then you're looking at four and seven, and I am losing my freaking mind every single show. I can't handle that. I can't handle that kind of negativity in my life, in my mentions. I'll get divorced. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, my, wi- my wife will leave me. I will. I will become the internet sports writer. You know, caricature. The, the right. You're well on your way, my friend. Ben, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Happy Halloween, Mike. Yeah, buddy. You f- fun plans with Augie? Yeah, man. He's going out as a uh, Buzz Lightyear. Going to be looking super cute. So I'll have uh, I'll have some pictures up on the internet because I'm a wholesome family account, as I've often said. I have. Uh, what are you dressing up as? What are you doing? I was. I went to a Halloween party last weekend. That was my Halloween event, uh, and I was Ron Swanson because. I already wear my hair like he does. I like and then that. I just put on a fake mustache and a polo and scowl at people, which is really ideal for my party going experience as a reason to be silent mm. uh, and drink out of a mug. But no, yeah, I think that, uh, no, that Buzz Lightyear should be super cute as heck. Tell my godson to have a good time. Fun yes, for following out and about trick or treating. Anyway, say thank goodbye. you as always. There you go. To the Kiss and Soul Show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. Bears offense, Eagles defense, mostly Bears offense, mostly loud tirades. Um, but I think it's going to be <laughs> interesting to watch what continues to happen in Chicago with Trubisky, with Nagy, and how this team is established. And of course, as we said, big game for the Eagles. Win this one, get into the bye, get healthy, and look for a playoff run in the end of the regular season. If you enjoyed the show... You'll probably enjoy the second half, which comes out tomorrow. It'll be the Eagles' offense against the Bears' defense. It's going to be Not the same the day. It's going to be the same be day. Tonight. Never mind. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but so it's already up. And listen, if you're subscribed, you already know this. So subscribe. <laughs> anyway. Eagles offense, Bears defense is not the same as it once was under Vic Fangio, but it's still a pretty good group. We're going to talk about why. We're going to talk about where you can beat them. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to your podcast, especially so that you can catch the next episodes because I never really know when they are. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. I really should have taken a breath there. He's a Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist, and I feel that's K-I-S-T. Thank you, guys, as always. We love you. We all we got. 
we all we need. Fly Eagles Fly. Can have some juice tonight. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.